Hi, I'm the Virtuous Victorian. Welcome to Virtue Signals, my podcast. Um, I'm going to let the music play, and then I'll talk to you on the other side. I'll see you very soon. And welcome, Virtuous Ones, to Virtue Signals, uh, the podcast of the Virtuous Victorian. Uh, This is something I've been very excited to get off the ground, and it's something I've been uh, really, really been working at to try and bring to you. And before we get into any of the exciting, exciting content we have, I would like to firstly acknowledge uh, the land on which this podcast is recorded, the land of the uh, Bunurong people, the Kulin Nation, uh, whose ancestors have nurtured these ancient lands with their wisdoms. And I'd also like to pay respect to their elders past, present and emerging. Now, this podcast is something, like I said, I've been very excited about. Uh, It's another tool that we can use to bring news to you and to bring uh, our content to you and connect with our audience in another way. The objective of this podcast is to go beyond the Instagram and Facebook posts that we make. I almost, you know, tossed up calling this podcast Beyond the Ten Slides because really that's what it is. We're going beyond the very limiting uh, forum that social media offers us, especially social media that has to be shareable. Uh, It goes beyond that and it allows for greater conversation and uh, greater expression of ideas, thoughts, and honestly, it provides deeper uh, engagement. Now, I'll spare you the origin story of this account, but what you need to know is that my name is Louis. I'm the Virtuous Victorian, you could say. I'm the main writer uh, and pretty much run the show. I have a couple helpers that proofread my posts. Uh, they, I'm very thankful for them, very grateful. They're obviously new additions. Uh, anyone who's followed me for long enough will know that I'm very, uh, very infamous for making typos, but we've sorted that out now. I am a very passionate student uh, of politics. Uh, I love keeping up with current events. Um, I'm passionate about my community uh, and getting what's best for them. And I really, really dislike how things are today. Um, I, you know, originally initially made this account, uh, The Virtuous Victorian, to speak up against Uh, namely the Morrison government, but also the Victorian liberals. Uh, Being a Victorian-focused account, uh, I was really, really fed up by some of the things that were happening during the pandemic, some of the behaviour of which I thought was appalling and had to be called out. So that's why I created the account. Um, I also would like to mention at the time of recording, I currently have COVID-19. I picked it up in the new year. Uh, As many Australians have in this new Omicron wave that we're supposed to ride out unless you get it. I um, feel fine though, I'm bouncing back and um, I will be out of isolation in a day or two. So the first story of this week I'd like to talk about is uh, the rats. Now this was a story that was obviously brewing over the new year, I couldn't cover it because I was away, it was my birthday uh, and it was the new year, Christmas, everything, so I thought I'd take a break. Uh, rats. Why are they such a big problem for Scott Morrison? Rapid antigen tests, obviously not the uh, small mammal creatures. Rats are interesting to Morrison because all throughout the pandemic, he hasn't 
hasn't had any objection to free vaccines. Uh, in fact, he almost made them mandatory in that very strange lab visit. Uh, he hasn't had an objection to free PCR testing. And now today, he is expecting Australians to cough up the money to buy their own tests. Uh, tests that are in, now integral to the new COVID-19 uh, protocols, I guess. Uh, you need to either test positive on a rat or a PCR, and the PCR system of which is obviously uh, under great stress and waiting times have blown out and, and queues have blown out. So rats are seeming like the best option for a lot of people, but people, if they can even find them, some can't afford them. And now there's a plan to give them to concession cardholders, but that goes into our second story. I'll keep with the first. Uh, Scott Morrison says that you can't make everything free, but we looked at what he has made free and what he has deemed uh, necessary or, and worthy, rather, of our taxpayers' money. Uh, you know, giving handouts to his rich mates in the disguise of JobKeeper payments, uh, giving just $22 million alone to Jerry Harvey, who uh, grew his profits by 116% during COVID. Uh, you've got uh, f fossil fuel subsidies, uh, $10.3 billion to a dying industry that is polluting and harming our earth. Uh, uh, an industry that is also not profitable anymore, uh, denying uh, the true industry that is yet to grow renewable energies. Uh, you know, you've got money that have been given through grants and rorts, which have almost become a staple of the Morrison government. Uh, $3.9 million of grants, 71%, which were given to uh, seats held by the Liberals. And that statistic doesn't even do justice to the fact that almost the rest of the money were given to marginal Labour seats, seats that he uh, hopes to win. So not even to his own seats, but to strategic election uh, spots. And, you know, the big one, uh, AUKUS, which is this grand, uh, almost stunt, uh, to join this military alliance with the US and the UK, uh, primarily, well, at least initially focused on standing up to China for some reason, uh, which was estimated at 70 billion, but new estimates say that it's going to be as much as 171 billion. Uh, and then uh, thanks to Toilet Paper Australia for pointing out the fact that he spent um, something like $5 billion on tanks, uh, a weapon of war that hasn't even really been used since Vietnam, or I mean, and even to defend a nation with island borders. So it seems like you can make everything free, but Scott Morrison is choosing what he wants to make free. So why won't he make rats free? Who knows? Maybe he will uh, in the lead up to the election, or maybe he will if he finds a way to rot them. The second story we talked about was just kind of an overall broad uh, summary of Scott Morrison's report, uh, a report card for him during the pandemic. Uh, the spoiler is that it is filled with incompetence. Scott Morrison has found a way at every turn uh, to stuff things up. Initially, right off the bat, Quarantine is a constitutionally federal government responsibility. It says it right in the constitution that the federal government is responsible for matters of quarantine. And yet he didn't do it. He palmed it off to the state governments, which gave us our less than desirable hotel quarantine uh, system. And of course, Australia is an island. So the only way the virus can get in is uh, by from incoming travellers. So a comprehensive and working quarantine system could have effectively kept COVID out. Think something like uh, Western Australia. So there was a big dropping of the ball there. But, you know, as he dropped the ball, he kind of moved on to procure, procuring the vaccine. And 
I think we all know how that went. Uh, I feel like anyone from Victoria or even New South Wales in, in those 2021, the, the rapidly deteriorating Delta outbreaks uh, due to the mismanagement of the New South Wales government, uh, then under the uh, lead of Gladys Berejiklian, uh, everyone knows that the vaccines were stuffed up. We had one of the slowest vaccine rollouts in the OECD. In the developed world, uh, we were a laughing stock. Uh, in the early days, there were leaders of African nations who were bragging because their vaccine program was the equal of Australia, which, you know, was impressive, but Australia was really just dropping the ball. It's almost crazy to me that in a pandemic, the one thing that the federal government should be, you know, focused on is vaccines, and they couldn't even do that. You know, all that evidence came out about Greg Hunt, who denied meetings with Pfizer. Uh, they, the Morrison government put all their eggs in the wrong basket, and, you know, they had the license to uh, make the AstraZeneca vaccine. And of course, that is a working vaccine, but we know that it is not as effective as the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines. AstraZeneca is no longer even in production, but a lot of Australians had to, because of necessity, take the AstraZeneca vaccine because of the failings of, their Morris, of the Morrison government. And, you know, there's data to suggest that after so many months, the AstraZeneca offers no immunity to people that have taken it against Omicron. And so these people are desperately in need of boosters. And the booster program is also being stuffed up on a grand scheme. Uh, anyone who's tried to get a booster knows that their vaccine appointments are getting delayed. Uh, the pediatric vaccine rollout, young kids that aren't going to get their vaccines before school comes back. Uh, it, is, it is honestly such a stuff up. And the, the media isn't talking about how, what on a large scale the, the Morrison government has stuffed up. We briefly touched on uh, rats in the first story, and they kind of come back in the second story because Scott Morrison finally announced that he'd make uh, rapid antigen tests free for concession card holders, when in reality they should be free for anyone who holds a Medicare card. But the thing is, these pharmacies that are supposed to give these rapid antigen tests to concession card holders aren't even getting rapid antigen tests from the Morrison government. They're being asked to find and procure them themselves uh, and a loosely have been told that they're going to be reimbursed later. So the Morrison government can't even get these tests for our concession card holders. They're willing to take all of the media attention. They're willing to take all of the thank yous and all the congratulations for this announcement. But rather, they're going to make all the pharmacies do all the hard work, which is, to anyone who's familiar with the Morrison government, not a surprise. Now, we were on kind of the Morrison government train this week. We got another story on the marketing of Morrison. Now, this is something that is not widely discussed, and it's something that I kind of noticed more so in just observing him. Um, it's the hypothesis that Scott Morrison has created three identities for himself. Now, you've got Daggy Dad, Strong Morrison, and ScoMo the Bogan, or just ScoMo. Now, these three characters help Scott Morrison appear as though he's a real human boy. Uh, he lacks empathy, uh, which we mentioned, um, and which is, you know, evidenced by uh, the empathy coach that he hired during the bushfire season and the drought season, which he paid 190000 of our taxpayers' money. The first character we have is Daggy Dad. Now, Daggy Dad is the one that builds the chicken coop, the one that cooks the curry every single weekend, and the one that almost relies on Jenny for every single piece of advice, uh, both personal and in running the country. Uh, Daggy Dad is the sensitive, 
everyday man that most families and uh, people can relate to. Uh, the second uh, character of Morrison is Strong Morrison. Now, whenever Scott Morrison is out of his depth or losing control of his country, whether it be uh, due to the fact that he's not doing anything and that his premiers have to pick up the slack, he just seems to announce some military contract or it just seems to be unnecessarily tough on borders or, or refugees. Now, Strong Morrison is uh, the one that everyone desires. Everyone wants a strong leader. And like I said in the post, uh, instead of offering strong leadership, he offers the appearance of a strong leader, which is all he knows how to do. Now, the last character is ScoMo. Now, perhaps ScoMo is the most uh, impressive one because Scott Morrison is not necessarily uh, a very uh, cool guy. I don't think most people would look at him and think that he's uh, cool or down to earth. The ScoMo character is very obviously targeted at Aussie men, uh, the men that you love going down to the pub or the men that love their sports and uh, don't really care for their politics. So when they see a man like ScoMo uh, who goes to the cricket or goes to the rugby or whatever it may be, they see a man who they can relate to and they must think that he would be a good fit for being in charge. Uh, you're fooling them and taking a cheap shot, really. The Morrison characters are very interesting because, uh, you know, most Aussies don't stand for a phony. And if the people could see through uh, what these characters are, uh, attempts to win votes and attempts to uh, be someone that he's not, I feel like a lot of people would change their opinion on him and a lot of people would see through it. Now, the last story of the week was a bit of a departure from uh, the usual political commentary and more of a philosophical conversation. Uh, the piece titled, Dear Anti-Vaxxers, You Don't Fear Oppression, You Fear Freedom. Now, this is very largely based off a clip I saw on Facebook uh, from The Drum of um, Adam Carroll, and it was captioned, Reflecting on What Freedom Means. And it's a really, really interesting conversation. Um, I recommend watching it for yourself, uh, but my post pretty much summarizes what he said. It's the idea that freedom is something that is quite scary deep down. Uh, it's something that a lot of us don't truly grasp and a lot of us don't truly appreciate. Freedom is the opportunity to be great. Freedom is the chance to do great things without any of the obstacles and hurdles that people that have gone before us have faced while under periods of persecution or oppression. It is the best possible chance to do something marvelous and to be great. And people that can't live up to that calling almost have to find an excuse for that. Uh, people that can't be great, people that can't change the world and people that can't be exceptional can't live with the fact that they're almost wasting their freedom. So they have to feel like they're doing something. And that something is fighting for the freedom. Because if we were to lose our freedom, that'd be a terrible thing. We couldn't be great. We couldn't change the world. So they deem that their contribution will be sacrificing their chance to be great, sacrificing their opportunity to change the world so that they can protect the freedom that allows those that are great to be great. It's this idea that if you can't be great, then do the noble thing. Sacrifice yourself so that others can. But we know that that's a lot of garbage. That Our freedom is not under attack. We live in, in a Western democracy that, that enjoys some of the greatest freedom in any point in history. 
These people invent boogeymen, things that don't exist, like 5G, vaccines, QAnon, and, you know, look closer to home, Daniel Andrews seems to be one of these threats to freedom. And so these people convince themselves that this is their calling, this is the noble thing to do, and so that, you know, people that are great owe them a debt of gratitude because they ensured their freedom. Now, like I said in the post, the price of freedom is the burden of having to honor it with greatness. Maybe some people can't take that, but it doesn't mean that you shouldn't try to be great. Whatever you do, you can be great in your own in your own way, in your own your own personal way. So go out there, be virtuous, uh, try to be great, and try and change the world. Which I think segues to the end of this podcast. It's only going to be very short. It's only going to be 15, 20 minutes uh, recap of the week. Uh, I hope that you've enjoyed the content this week, uh, 2022, off with a bang. Uh, I apologize for these um, these content for the week not being kind of in the moment, being kind of a backlog of things that happened over the holidays that I'm catching up on. But uh, rest assured that in the coming weeks, the uh, content will be more in the moment, uh, more current and uh, hopefully more interesting and more shareable. So thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, Please share my content. Uh, Please tell your friends. Uh, We can try and grow this platform so that we can, uh, honestly, so that we can knock out this Morrison government uh, and bring back integrity, a proper governance and a government with respect uh, into the federal parliament. So I hope you've learned something. That's all from me this episode. Uh, I hope I've gained another follower. Or maybe I've inspired you to do something to overthrow the Morrison government. That's all from me. Stay virtuous.